Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 136 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share a concept with you called repurposing property. Now, most people think about taking a commercial property and turning it into residential. I'm certainly going to talk about that. But actually, there are far easier ways of repurposing property where you don't have to do a huge amount of refurbishment. I'm also going to touch on those concepts in this particular episode. Now, I've done several commercial to residential projects myself. I'm not an expert in it, but I've turned three care homes into apartments. Um, I've turned a public house into an 11-bed guest house, and I've turned a community center into 20 apartments. And the concept is you find a, a defunct commercial property that's not really wanted, not being used, and that's going to have a very low value because commercial property is valued on the rental income that's coming in. So if it's an empty property, doesn't have rent coming in, and especially if it's hard to get a tenant for that, then it's going to have a very low value. Now, obviously, you've got the cost of converting that into whatever you do, residential property. Um, But the whole point is the cost of buying and adding value is a lot less than the value per square foot of the residential property. And that's where you make your profit. So let me give you an example of this. So I purchased a community center uh, from a local town council, and it was a 10,000 square feet building. Now, they didn't need the community center. They'd built a new one. Uh, So this building was standing there empty. And they really wanted to sell this before the end of their financial year to get the money back onto their books. Now, it would have cost over a million pounds to build a a property this size at that particular time. It would cost a lot more now because building costs have gone up, but it would have cost a million pounds. And yet, I was able to secure this for just £250,000. The opportunity came up. We had to move very, very quickly. I didn't have any funds available at that time. So I reached out to some of the investors I know, and I was able to borrow all the money required for just a couple of weeks to buy the property. And then it was quite expensive borrowing. So I replaced that with much cheaper money. Now, if you can buy a property for a lot less than the cost of building a new one, I think you're already ahead of the game. That's a really good start. Cost of converting it into 20 apartments, they're fairly small, low-cost apartments, about £60,000 each. We only spent £400,000 on the refurb, and the end value was about £1.2 million. Plus, also, we got about £100,000 for the freehold. Um, and obviously, there's cost of private finance. I was using other people's money to fund the purchase and also all the refurb costs, so you have to factor in the cost of giving them money. But I want to give you a big tip here, by the way. There are lots of people who got money in the bank right now in their personal account or their business account doing absolutely nothing for them. And with raising rising inflation costs around the world, it means that money in the bank is eroding in value. It is being eaten away by inflation. So it's not good for people to have money sitting in the bank. And if you can offer them a safe way to lend money to you and get a great return, that's very appealing to lots of people. Obviously, you need to learn how to do that properly. And I'm going to touch on that in some future episodes of this particular podcast. Now, one thing you can do 
if people are interested in learning about property investing, you know, doing a big project, something that they wouldn't normally do themselves, you can borrow some money from them, but also give the opportunity to look over your shoulder. It's what we call a lend and learn opportunity. So they are earning interest on the money, but probably more valuable, they're seeing how you do your project. Many of my students do this when they do HMO conversions. They take a normal house, turn it into an HMO. They might have an open day, get people to come out and see what they're doing. And it's a great way to find private investors. So anyway, um, that's the traditional method of repurposing a property. But as I said, there's actually a much easier way of doing it where you don't have huge refurbishment costs. You might have light cosmetic refurb costs, but you're not fundamentally changing the structure of a property. And the way you do that is by simply changing the type of tenants you put into that property. For example, in many parts of the UK, where there are universities, there's lots of student accommodation. And because there are lots of brand new student blocks, there's often an oversupply of the traditional student HMO property. Now, there might be a number of reasons why an HMO property is empty. Maybe the property is just a little bit too far from the university and students are often quite lazy. They want to be able to roll out of bed to get to their first lecture very, very quickly. And so if it's too far out, it might have originally worked as a student property, but as more and more properties, kind of uh, a nucleus around the university gets more dense, the further outlying properties are harder to rent out. So that is one reason why a student property might be empty. Also, many student landlords, they buy properties, they hold them for years and years, they don't really do much work to them, they rent them really easily, and suddenly one year, they fail to rent the property. And it's probably because they haven't kept it up to the right kind of standard, and actually there are much better student properties available in the area. Or finally, you might have a really good property in a great location, but it's empty because maybe the contract fell through. So the students signed up for a year contract. They often do that in the January, February, waiting to come into the property in the summertime. And maybe the group fell out. Maybe they went on holiday together and had a big bust up. Maybe some of them didn't pass their exams. So they're not coming back to university. And the group of five or six students might only be three students. And they don't want to live in a big house. So what they do is they just pull out the contract and they go and find another property. Now, technically, they're in a contract. Technically, you could sue them. But it's very difficult to enforce that. So you might have a really good property in a great area, but the tenancy's just fallen through. So what this means is you have student landlords who've always rented to students, that's all they know, have suddenly got an empty property and they're panicking. They think, oh my God, I'm not going to have tenants for a whole year. I've missed this academic year. What can I do? Now, this can present a really good opportunity for you because you can take on that property. You can either pick it up as a rent to rent where you rent it from them or a purchasing option similar to rent to rent, but better because you've got the right to buy in the future. Or even it's a straightforward purchase, maybe at a discounted price because they're worried. They think, hey, I'm not going to be able to rent this property out. But you take on the property. Now, obviously, you can't rent it to students because you're going to have the same problem as the existing landlord. But in HMOs, for example, there are lots of different types of tenants. You can rent to working young professionals. Those are people who have been to university. They've been used to living in a shared house, but now they've got a graduate job. It's a good job. They quite like living with other people of their age. And actually, it's more cost effective than the living on their own. So you could rent to young professionals. You could rent to just working people, people who haven't been to university. Nothing wrong with that. They just went to 
into work instead of going into further education. And they work in shops, factories, offices. They don't want to live with mum and dad anymore. They want to live in shared housing. Or you can even put people who are on benefits into your HMO. That's the fourth type of tenant. Now, obviously, that does require quite a bit of work. And what a lot of my students do, they actually rent their property to a charity who specializes in providing accommodation for that type of tenant. But the whole point is here, rather than putting tenants that are students into that student property in that student area, you can repurpose the property by putting a different type of tenant in. And those other types of tenants, they're not dependent on the academic year. And for example, young professionals, they might, for example, I went to Birmingham University, I graduated, I was working in Birmingham. And so I quite like to stay in the student area because I knew people who lived in the area. I knew the local pubs and bars, etc. And so actually many young professionals like to live in the area in which they're a student. But because most of their friends have moved away, they don't necessarily have a group of people to live with. Thus, they moved into a new young professional shared house. So I just want you to think about this concept. When you see a property that's empty and the owner is struggling to get a tenant for that, whether it's a commercial property, whether it's a residential property, is it possible to acquire that property to repurpose it to put a different type of tenant into the property and actually make money doing that. So it's a very simple concept, something that a lot of people don't really think about. Um, and you might say, well, why, don't, why doesn't the student landlord do that themselves? The thing is because they've only ever been used to renting to students. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And you can have someone who's a pretty successful investor, they've been doing it a number of years, doesn't mean they understand the other investing strategies. I meet a lot of people who've been very successful at one particular strategy, and they think that's the way to make money. They're not aware of all the other things. And, you know, you need to raise your consciousness. What you, what Robert Kiyosaki's got a great saying. He says, what you know will make you money what you don't know will cost you money. That's why it's always important to listen to podcasts like this, to go to network meetings, to attend property training events, to increase your level of knowledge and your awareness so that you are aware of the various opportunities and strategies that are out there that you can use to make money. There are so many different ways of making money in property. You need to get an awareness, then pick the ones that resonate with you and focus in on those, master those, do those, get it right, make lots of money, then learn a new strategy and move on. So I do hope this has been useful for you getting to think a very simple concept of repurposing the property. Um, uh, finally, uh, a recommendation and a request. Uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, there are now 135 other episodes, probably 30 plus hours of free property content that comes from my book, Property Magic, or from my Property Mastermind program, I highly recommend you subscribe to the channel. A new podcast comes out every Tuesday morning, so you want to make sure you don't miss that. And also, I would really like to get a recommendation. If you have enjoyed this, it would be great if you could scroll down to the very bottom of the list of all the episodes, and you'll be able to write a review. We always like five-star reviews. And if you can share what specifically you've enjoyed about this, um, the more reviews, it means that the more people are going to see this um, and hopefully more people are going to benefit from listening and learning to the Property Magic Podcast. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skills. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, 
Invest with knowledge, invest with skill.